What's up, everybody? We're uh, at the Catfish Conference, and uh, I got Michael Marillo with me. Usually, he's on a different screen, and and then you probably recognize this dude, Spencer Bauer, <laughs> <from> <laughs> <the> River Surfer. <laughs> but uh, we just finished uh, taping a podcast. That was awesome for for Spencer's show. Yeah, and so uh, we're we're doing a live stream here. And it's kind of weird that we don't see anybody in chat, but uh, maybe they don't have anything to say right now. Right there. There it is. There's my wife. Awesome. Well, you know, we really don't have much to talk about. Oh, we always have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I always have a lot to talk about. So we just finished a catfish conference and packed up and everything, and it was an awesome event. Awesome, awesome event. Hey, man, that's Senior Flores. Yeah, Chris Flores in there. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, yeah. Man, we were man. talking about you in the last podcast. We about were. How you might be legitimately the nicest person on this planet. <laughs> Anytime I talk about Chris Flores, I bring you up in conversation. I always preface it with Chris Flores, the nicest man on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> And he said that he wants to come out and fish with you. And Chris has offered for you to come out. He has. He's the nicest man on the I planet. Mean, you gotta go out there. He might he might even feed you like steak. He took me out for steak. What a guy. Yeah. Just wow. adding credibility to my yeah. statement right there. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. <laughs> it does look different without the beard, Spencer. When did you when you decided to take it off or after I went to wrestling practice? And uh, I felt like I was dying and suffocating in the beard. I'm like, I need to clear the airway a little uh, bit more and get some more oxygen. So I shaved the beard. Awesome. So, uh, again, we just finished Catfish Conference. It was an awesome event. Lots of people there. Spencer actually um, presented and talked about kayak fishing. And uh, how do you think it went? I enjoyed it. Like, I, I think it could have went better, but I always think things could have went better. But the people in the crowd were awesome. People ask awesome questions. We're super engaged. Well, I think only one person fell asleep, so that might be a new record. That's my bad. Yeah, sorry. It's all right. I'll let it slide. But uh, <laughs> I had fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking about fishing and kayak fishing, so I'll call it a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had some fans there. You know, you had the, the Marillo there. Uh, and you, uh, you obviously couldn't be over there because you were running a swap shot, but I'm sure you were watching online. I really wasn't doing much because we only had two people uh show up to to sell stuff and and i will admit i did not watch online i moved i moved all that to the watch later section on my youtube Mm. and i felt it necessary to try to focus on working and then i even asked for busy work that's respectable um that being said, the one time that I was goofing around on my phone trying to figure something out, that is exactly when Hervey comes and sits down. He's like, I'm going to take a little break right here and just, you know, relax and get some work done. And I'm just like, click, shut my phone off. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, anyway, um, no, I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to watching those or listening to those as I drive back or what, whatever it may be. Um or, or upon my arrival, maybe I'll see if Lauren wants to watch him. Speaking of Lauren, uh, fishing mid south, so is that Lauren's hero that I see? Oh yes. Not in talking about flesh. me. I flesh. can't put words in your mouth. You're the Spencer. That's I'm right. the Spencer, and the I feel Spencer. very privileged to be the Spencer. <laughs> 
Lawrence is a great judge of character, so I think I think uh, you know you must be a good guy if if the Lauren likes you. I like to think I have my moments. I'm far from perfect, but we we hit it off pretty good. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed having her on the boat and taking her fishing and everything. You have you have got to hear her when we're fishing around other people, and she just bombs that <laughs> that bait out there. I mean. She can, I think a few times, she probably came close to like 60, 70 yards. Oh, absolutely. And she about dumped all the line off the spinning reel a couple yeah. times. She she does that. She clicks it. and She looks over. and She's like, I was taught by the best. <laughs> and and then the people, the people that I'm fishing with, like I was fishing with the Mexican. And he's like, Spencer teach you how to cast like that? And she's like... <laughs> You know, serious you know it. <laughs> so so this is kind of interesting that you know got two uh what do you call it iowinians i say iowegians, iowegians. that's iowegians. my favorite now does what it, do you call people from south carolina south carolinians oh okay that doesn't yeah. sound right it sounds like aliens oh actually no. we say them we them boys south carolina uh, <laughs> south carolina we them boys you know we you know the real deal we the uh, best we the best <laughs> You know, I, you know, yeah, I heard that song at a club once. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, South Carolina is just a big club. All we do is party. Every time I hear somebody say North Carolina, I think of the PD Pop. Going to raise up. Take your shirt off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Ryan from Setting Hooks and Cross. Nice and good seminar, Spencer. Thank you. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, there are a bunch of people just talking to it. Yeah, hit the thumbs up. That's cool. Yeah, so we decided to go. Uh, normally, the Real Deal podcast is only live streamed to members, but being it's a special occasion, uh, it's first time I've ever met Mike in person, first time I've ever met Spencer in person. So, why not just uh, go live and make it the biggest that we can make it? We thank all 26 of you for staying up late and coming in. Uh, yeah, Iowinian. No, he said Iowegian. Yeah. I mean, it, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> I feel like either is applicable. I feel like every time Illinois that I boy. tell someone that I'm, I'm from not Iowa, an Illinois boy, but I am a Cubs fan. <laughs> I feel every time that I that I tell someone that I'm from Iowa, I have to explain exactly where it's at, when it became a state, and the in the union. And, and no, we do not grow potatoes there. Yes, <laughs> Idaho. Yes. yes. <laughs> At last time they're like, oh yeah, there's so many, there's so many fishermen from, from Ohio in here. I'm like, I am not from Ohio. I'm from Iowa. It's a different state. I like what Uncle Lou said. We are called Hawkeyes. That's right. <laughs> fight, fight, fight for Iowa. <laughs> oh, look, look at that. Ryan Bortz gave us four ninety nine. What a what a guy. Because Mike and Spencer are awesome and Kevin is okay too. I'll, <laughs> I'll accept that because you gave me four ninety nine, yeah. so I can deal with that. So uh, you know, you you've uh kind of done some different things here recently. You've gone on a big trip. Oh yeah. And, and you've done yeah. you've been putting out videos like gangbusters of that trip. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, I, ha I haven't been able to watch them all, but you know, tell us a little bit about that trip. And I really want to know about the traveling to get there because it seemed like it was treacherous at extensive. times and very extensive. Tell us a little bit about that. The traveling, you could argue that was part, like some of the biggest adventure. I left, I got to the airport 
in Iowa, in Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa, <laughs> Iowa at like 6.30 in the morning, and we landed in Georgetown, Guyana at 12.30 in the morning the following day. How big was that jet? The was jet? it a big one? We went on, we went on three. We went oh, from okay. Des Moines, Chicago, Chicago to Miami, Miami to Georgetown. Wow. And they were all various sizes. And once we got there, we stood in customs and went through customs. It took us like an hour, hour and a half. So it's like two in the morning. We hop on a van. Um, Raja was the name of the guy who drove the van. And he might have actually worn out the horn on the way there. Because <laughs> he was going like 30 over the speed limit. And if somebody was going only 20 over the speed limit, he'd get right on their bumper and just lay on the horn. And, and he laid on the horn horn at 2.30 in the morning, going through residential areas, not giving a crap about anything. And we get to the hotel like 3, 3.30, wake up at 6 a.m. to go to a different airport to hop on this dinky little bush plane. And we're in the, uh, what's the word for it? Oh, we were in this little room, and they were, like, prepping us for this flight, and we're looking out the window. Prepping you. Yeah, like, going over the little things, like, you should wear your ear protection. You know, like, it might be kind of rough. And I'm sitting there not loving airplanes to begin with. Right. And I'm looking out the window at this plane as they're explaining all these things to me, and there's some mechanic dude, like, standing on top of it, like, kicking dents out of it, <laughs> wrapping things in duct tape. And I'm thinking there was two planes and the one, oh, one looked kind of nice. One looked pretty crappy. And I'm like, man, I hope we are not in that crappy looking one. We're in the crappy looking one. <laughs> well, now you see that you see these planes in the movies and they have like the, the tape around the propellers. That's, that's what you were talking about. He, he taped like one of the fins. Oh, okay. So not the propeller. No. But just as scary. I mean, that's your lift. Yeah, it was duct tape. So yeah. we hop on that thing, and we go an hour and a half into the jungle, land on a dirt airstrip, and we land. And then the other group that was flying back out that had been there before us, we're talking to them, hearing about how that went. Was that a good idea? Uh, I think so. Okay. Like, and, and everybody – Seems like people who are crazy enough to do trips like that, they're enjoyable to be around, enjoyable to converse with. So those were nice. And then uh, we hopped in a boat, took a boat ride for five hours, was it? Yep, five Jeez. hours. Stopped, took a break. Oh, our guide, he he would not stop for gas until he absolutely completely ran out of gas. So when the five-gallon gas tank ran was running low on gas. He literally siphoned gas out of a separate tank into the boat gas tank while we were driving. That skill, though. I mean, yeah, those, you have to appreciate that skill. Those guides were like more of a man than I. Because I can, ever, I can barely <laughs> siphon. I can barely siphon gas. Like standing still. I've never tried. Because you always in your mouth. They're then, doing an 18 mile an hour drive in a 15 horse. Uh, they ran like Yamahas and Tahatsus and stuff. And those boats are only like, I mean, they're not that wide. Well, and the, the reason is you don't have to have as big of a motor to get on plane. Ah. So you don't burn as much gas because gas is basically gold in the jungle. 
Yeah, I can see that. So the five, so five hours to get there. So after the five-hour boat ride, you were actually there? Yeah, there was two camps. We passed by the lower camp. That was the only time we stopped. We pull up there to fill up both gas tanks, and there was a electric eel just chilling on the bank when we pulled up. And that was kind of cool. And we get gas, and we hop back in the boat, and yeah, five hours, we're at our big camp. And uh, we were just going to hang out, but looking at the water, I had to go do a little fishing. I did see that first video. Yeah. And, uh, and then I saw Ty's video, too. Catching some peacocks yeah, the first yeah, day. And yeah. I'd never caught one. They're super cool fish. They're beautiful, man. Well, even beyond that, like I'm a, a hybrid striper fan, mm. and they're kind of they fight a lot like a hybrid striper that jumps. That's how I describe them. Mm. So uh, now jumping at any point, but I, I did see the thumbnail for a I, new video. I was, I was just going to add to you that if you were really a good fan, you would have watched all of his videos because they were amazing. Okay, I'm not a good fan. <laughs> I, I don't expect anyone to be a good fan. I'm amazed anybody watches my videos at all. <laughs> But I saw a thumbnail where you're using a peacock bass head. Oh, yeah. You used so, a lot of them. So that, that was it. Well, that's interesting to me because, you know, we have a lot of regulations in the states, especially in the south. You know, we can't use any kind of game fish except for bluegill caught on a, on a rod and reel for, for bait. Right. So, you know, we can't use a largemouth bass. Now, I know other states you can. But then if you were an Iowegian. If I was an Iowegian, I guess I would. And even in North Carolina, you can. Yeah. But that just got me thinking when I saw that thumbnail. I was like, wow, I wonder what the regulations are. There aren't. Yeah, there, there aren't. Yeah. You don't even need to get a fishing license. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's the that's the Amazon River, right? Nope. That no? was the Essequibo. Essequibo. Yeah. I can't spell that. Mm. I can't spell that. I think I can now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Wild West down there. It's uh, That's crazy. You can catch and kill whatever you want, but the amount of pressure on those waterways is so minimal. That, True. Because it's basically just the natives other than tourists, maybe? There's not even not that really many tribal fishing. members that occupy that river. There's one main town. From where we landed to where we ended up, there was we landed in, um, what was the name of the town? It's irrelevant. So we landed in this town. And from there in the five-hour boat ride, there was one small tribal camp, and then there was two other fishing camps other than the ones that we had, and they were all empty. Hmm. Yeah. So essentially, the river, the only pressure the river got was from people through that particular outfitter. That's interesting. So what thing? Something that I'd be afraid of, or not afraid of, but you know, at least thinking about like parasites. And things like that. You have to get shot. I didn't tell you about that. No. Well, I took. I, I feel like a, a pin cushion after getting ready for that. I had to get. I got my COVID vaccine to fly, and then to enter that area, I had to get typhoid fever. Um, had to get yellow fever. One of them was optional, and I ended up just getting it. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, stick me one more. Right. Time. I mean, at that point in time, what's one more? And then. Uh, what was the other one? Hepatitis A. And that's a two-part vaccine. I still have to get the second one. Uh, once you got them, you're good for life. But So I'm saving my money already to go back. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I pretty much felt like a pincushion. But anyway, our camp host, the way it works, you go down there 
and you uh, you have the members of the party, and then you have a host that kind of oversees the operation, mm-hmm. fixes any problems. They fish too; they have a good time, whatever. And uh, but our host had been down there for twenty one days. I think it was like twenty seven or eight by the time we were done with our particular trip, because he went back home to Canada wow. at the end of our trip. But he got a bot fly. Ooh. And if you don't know oh. what a fly is, it, 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 they look like a regular fly, but when they land on you, they create a little incision and insert <sighs> a single Gross. egg inside Gross. your skin, and that Gross. egg hatches. So you essentially have a maggot living under your skin, eating your flesh, growing and prospering. And uh, there used to be this show called Monsters Inside Me. Yep, it would have fit right in there. And they—that's where I learned what a bot fly was. What, what do you do then? They have to remove it. They or you have to wait till it what you do exits. You could you could wait till it exits, and you wouldn't be any worse for the wear, other than the fact that it was gross. You had something living inside you. But mm-hmm. uh, what what you would do is you seal it with either a piece of tape or cut like, off its oxygen. Or a, yeah, you cut cut off its oxygen, and then it dies, and then you go to the hospital, and the doctor would remove it. But I, you're in the middle of the jungle. Right, but you got to wait till it dies anyway. So you just cover it up, and then when you get back to good old civilization, you go to the wow. hospital and they take care. Of what it. if you try to pull it out? It has, you know, grippers. Does it? So I like, don't remember. It pushes back in. Like if you try to, it'll poke its head out. At least I saw on that show, man. Man, you know, I don't believe everything I see on TV, but monsters inside of me was pretty. Bot flies are evil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't. Any good one. comments? Uh, I saw uh, Chris Flores was talking about Mexicans in there. New Mexicans. New Mexicans. New Mexicanites. Oh, okay. And uh, that rolls off the tongue. Lee Evans says, "Look, it's the three amigos. See, aye, aye, aye. we hey, we almost put that in the title. Yeah. We did. That yep. was a point. It was close. I wonder if close. anybody would have clicked on it if it was three amigos." Fishing and Freedom says, I came in on a weird conversation. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the botfly conversation. <laughs> um, you know what was the most surprising thing, though, when I was down there? Was the mosquitoes weren't bad at all. Really? Yep, the mosquito. It was the because you didn't season. have me with you. They, I'm, everybody says that. And I brought a thermocell thinking they were going to be a problem, and they were not a problem. Never ran the thermocell once, but... There was every other bug you could imagine, just not mosquitoes. Yeah. There was moths, no joke. Like, I wear, I have extra large gloved hand, sized hands, and there was moths bigger than my hand just flying around. I thought they were bats. And then one landed on the side of the building. I'm like, holy crap, that's a moth. Did you have anything like big like that land on you? No. 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 So, what were the accommodations like? You said camp. It's very rustic. Okay. If I'm going to be. Like, like paint a positive. I mean, we're picture. we're we're staying in the Crown Plaza, which, I mean, it's not the nicest hotel in the world, but it's, this it's is not, literally it's the nicest hotel. hotel I've ever been in my life. You know, so so it's definitely not the Crown Plaza. No, it was not gone. the Crown Plaza. The first camp wasn't bad. They had actually built a uh, a building a month prior before we got there, and we had rooms, no doors, no windows, but they set up tents inside of them. So you didn't have to worry about creepy crawlies getting on you while you're asleep. They had air mattresses. They did clean the sheets every day. That was good. Um, they they would wash your clothes every day, so you could only had to bring two pairs of uh, two sets of clothes. 
and then um, they had a deep freeze. They had food and drink. They had electricity. They had a generator, and that was pretty much it, other than like boats and fishing accommodations. But that was the first camp. The other camp was they moved our tents downriver, and instead of a, a a solid enclosure, they cut down tree limbs, made posts, and built a shelter with the tarp. That's cool. With the tarp roof. That I bet you, you really felt like you were doing something at that point. Well, I didn't know what to expect, and I just was kind of taking it all in. But just for you guys who are who are watching, there is one more Amazon video left, and it's a doozy. I've been holding on to it per the request of the individual involved in the video who also does YouTube videos, who is uh, Ty Pig Patrol. Mm. And uh, he caught one heck of a fish. I mean, Pig Patrol, he really doesn't catch small fish. He doesn't. No. Well, he, I've seen him catch some small ones, but he doesn't post them. He just doesn't post them. But um, <laughs> what I was getting, the, the tie crazy. in. I would never have video content. <laughs> no, he caught that big blue the other day. That one. Yeah, that one. That had one video. <laughs> so to, to finish out what I was getting at yeah. is uh, um, I do a little tour of our second camp on that video so you can kind of see what it oh, was okay. like. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But you live in Santee Cooper. You catch big fish. Every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, you can walk across the water. Red tail. Yeah. Well, he says he can't tell you. Your right? ankles won't get wet. You just step on the catfish. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, you can just One walk across the, the catfish. Mm -hmm. and you know, you don't need a life jacket, but uh, Mike, how, how have you enjoyed the con the the convention, man? Uh, I started off enjoying my ride down because it was just straight down I thirty five, and I didn't have any concerns at all. Then I'm like, oh, you know, I left something in the back of the truck, so I I pulled off and I stopped, and, and it and it was Tylenol. I'm like, all right, I need some Tylenol. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now we're getting into the city. And I'm like, I've never driven through here, but maybe once ever. So you don't really travel. And uh, no, I was trying to think back to when the last time I was outside of the borders of Iowa. And I think it was 2019 or maybe 2018. Wow. Probably more 2018. And that being said, you know, you you have those moments sometimes where you feel like a, a fly in a bowl, you know, a bowl of milk. And, and I kind of felt that way for a little while, but then, you know, I finally figured out where I was going and got there. And uh, I literally circled the convention maybe 12 times. That wasn't your fault though. before I figured out where the West dock actually was yeah. and a big shout out. And a thank you to that guy who was outside on a smoke break. <laughs> who explained it to me. He's like, you trying to get where? And I was like, I need to get to the West Dock. I was like, I believe this convention center is directly above me. He's like, well, which side's West? I'm like, dude, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to figure out, you know? And so then he's like, okay, you're going to go this way, but don't get back on the interstate or you're, you're, you're gone. I'm like, okay. They're like, just, hug along that building and go to that the right there's a fork in the road but they don't explain where you're going i'm like a lot obviously. of people so what he's referring yeah. to is the west dock it's yeah, it was tough to find. and the convention center the convention was on the second floor or third floor third way, floor yep. however you look at it and so the vendors would actually drive their trucks and their trailers across this 
what seemed like a I thought it was a skywalk. Like a skywalk, or but they said they drive you know, semi. Us Iwegians would call that a skywalk, and this guy <laughs> is like waving me over. He's like, come on, come on. Come on, what are you waiting on? Bring your truck over here. I was like, you want me to do what? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Just go ahead. Find whoever you're looking for. And I'm like, it's normal. And he's like, yeah, it's normal. I'm like, all right. So then I pulled forward, and then I realized I just pulled my truck right next to where the seminars are going to be. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm actually in the hall. I was like, I just drove my truck into the hall. I was like, oh, there's everybody. So then I'm walking around, and Lauren told me when I got there that I was supposed to give Kevin a hug and the the nice dad hug where I pick him up off the floor mm. and his legs can wiggle, you mm. know, and, and Kevin told I me I never got one of those hugs. I know. I know. It's the coming. Spencer didn't get The hugs one. come. So. The Spencer didn't get one. There's uh, Daniel from Never Lost. He was there yep. uh, selling anchors. And, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot of – there. Oh. I get to show yeah. the anchor yeah, I got. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, speaking of Daniel, he just popped in. We got the Spencer. Yes. With the anchor. And I'm very excited about Sid Anchor right here. <laughs> so why black? Did you choose black? Or I did. did. It just matches my boat nice. It's you. My boat's tan, so black and tan kind of. Kind of set each other off is that an is that an iowegian thing too because black and yellow black and tan you just well you my boat's to, not yellow but black and you, yellow you, sure does look good you yeah, don't want to venture too far yeah. away from those colors well i i wouldn't go that far they do look really good that anchor <laughs> looks really good and i'm really excited about it like no joke whatsoever i'm super pumped about that anchor it's the dorky little things like you know, oh, how no. you're, you know how you're into fishing? Yeah. When you get excited about an anchor. <laughs> yeah. Or or buying a fishing rod you don't need. You know, I know you don't do that. I feel like a fishing I, rods are a little more flashy. Like the yeah. anchor itself is more utilitarian. Did you you're just, right. Did you just assume that I do not need those five rods? No, I, I got Not four. everything's about okay. you, Mike. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you. Thank Jeez. you. I, was, I felt Jeez. attacked. We're here for the Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, you didn't buy a rod, did you? I did not. Know. No, I'm not in Iowa. We're in Kansas City, Missouri. I guess we should have said that. We're not far from Iowa. We're uh, like, how many hours from the border are we? Hour and a half. Hour and a half from the border. Yeah. Mike drove three hours down, right? Yep. And uh, I I took a plane ride for what seemed like two days, but uh, you that know, did it seem like, like a long plane ride. It was long. It started it started at eight p.m. and ended after one. Well. We got checked in a hotel after one, but uh, I, it was it was totally worth it because flying at night is the way to go. Tomorrow we're flying during the day mm. on a peak return day, so it's probably not going to be as pleasant. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we're going to get back, and we had a great time. You know, did they duct tape your plane together right they did. when you were watching they them didn't. do it? And yeah. I guess that makes you pre- really appreciate, yeah. you know, American Airlines. You know what Airlines. the irony of all that is, is like... The, the plane from Des Moines, Chicago, Chicago to Miami, Miami to Georgetown, big airplanes had way more turbulence in those than in that little crappy plane we flew in the jungle. Isn't that crazy? I yeah. have ever thought that. Yeah, me either. Now, did the planes get progressively smaller, or did you have a bigger one than a smaller one? Small, big, then medium. Medium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, how, 
I know you you really don't mind traveling, and you're you're kind of a gypsy. I don't want to. Well, yeah, I was gonna say no. I was gonna say nomad, but yeah. but yeah, along those lines. But did it feel really good to sleep in your bed when you got home? At yes, yes. And it makes you appreciate a lot of the little things that you yeah. take for granted, like running water and sanitary food that doesn't make you sick. Yeah. Oh, so you had some food sickness? Oh yeah, everybody did. Really? Every single person on that camp the last three or four days was sick. I I feel like I pulled the videos off pretty good to not, like, showcase that. But then again, like, everybody that I went fishing with is honestly, they that group was tough as nails. So those little things like getting sick wasn't that big of a deal. Like, the three of the dudes yeah. were retired DEA agents. And I guess it depends on what kind of sick. Like, like GI issues, oh. just a variety of GI issues. Yikes! Things coming out one end. Yikes! Sunny, <laughs> oh. it was good to meet you too, man. I I appreciate you coming to meet me, uh, Guerrero. I Mike and I will be in Louisville. Uh, Spencer said he hopes to be able to make. I hope it. so. I think I should be able to. But yeah, Louisville. If if this is indicate, so there was a lot of question about whether or not the Kansas City Catfish Conference would be any good. If it would be – if it would draw a crowd, is there a market in Missouri, which we already know there is a market for catfishing in Missouri, but during hunting season, what what I heard is the last good day, last good weekend of hunting, um, would there be a market? And there sure was. Uh, Friday is usually a slow day from what I hear for CatCon Friday morning – we had tons of people coming in. Uh, Spencer's uh, seminar was packed today. It was. Uh, it we was had a lot of people nice there. To see all the people there. Uh, the seminars yesterday were packed. Uh, we streamed some of them live, and you can see I kind of put a camera on some of the crowd, and it was just it was awesome. But uh, you know, there's a lot. All the vendors said they sold a lot of stuff, and uh, you know they're looking forward to Louisville getting back to the OG spot. So I can't imagine you've been, you've been to the Louisville catfish conference before. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it like? What is it like to be with all those people? Is there like a bigger buzz in the air or, you know, is it just a bunch of people and it's chaos? Like, I mean, it's definitely not chaos. Um, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's just like being around people who enjoy the same things as you. And, you have the, all these opportunities to have great conversations with people who enjoy similar things. And that's the part that I enjoy. Like the part I appreciate about it the most is there's all, you don't meet somebody and you're uncertain of what to talk about. Like True. you're all there for the same thing. So you just shoot the breeze about catfishing and have a good time. And that's the same here as it is in Louisville. I think Louisville has a little more clout because it's like the original location. So um, it, it probably seems more attractive to some people. But I was pleasantly, uh, not pleasantly surprised, but uh, uh, really, I don't even know what the word for it because I wasn't surprised. It went about like I expected. There's there's a bunch of people at this one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were, you know, there were times when it kind of thinned out. And, of course, towards the end of the day today, you know, around four o'clock, you know, you can see that people were just kind of, you know, starting to settle down. Vendors started to pack up, but I got hungry. You got really <laughs> hungry. 
you know, you, you were involved in a lot of conversation. And I will say that, um, you know, Spencer, although he was hungry and just come off of speaking, he took time for everyone that stopped to talk to well, you. Man. Selfishly motivated. Like I uh, enjoy talking to everybody as much as they enjoy talking to me. But you know, you can get you can get um, selfish. You can be selfish with your time. Not you, you Spencer, but you know, you as in me and you or Mike or whoever. Or anybody. And you could just say, you know, yeah, I'm 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 just you know, I can't talk to you right now. I, I gotta get something to yeah. But you stopped, you know, you made a point to stop and talk to people, and, you know, and I think that's, I know that all of those, those kids that you took pictures with and, and, uh, the Mikes and the Tims and all the people that you stopped to talk to, I know they appreciate that. You know, I, I think, I think people kind of don't realize, you know, when someone comes in that people really look up to how much work it is to do all that stuff. Work, work's a matter of perception. That's right. right. Like, I just enjoy it, so it's no big deal. That's right. Yeah. I had a pretty nice vantage point where I was. was right across from Monster Rod Holders, mm -hmm. uh, big uh, booth there, area, whatever you want to say. And, and people would walk around, and they would literally stop, and they'd be like, that's Steve Douglas, the catfish dude, mm. is right there. The man. And, the man himself. And then... I saw Spencer walk in and somebody comes by and they're like, that's Steve Douglas, a catfish dude. And I was like, yeah. And he's talking to river certified. They're like, what? Uh, Cause they, they couldn't recognize you from the, from the back there. And then so I started I paying attention. Can. Yeah. <laughs> I was paying attention and I moved over to the other side of, of my area and people would start to say that from that area too. And there I am, and, and I'm I'm like they're good guys. It was like I was like you get the chance to talk to them, you'll you'll see they're cool. And you know then they'd look over and they're like you know these people, and I was I was like well I yeah a little bit, and I you know I was like talk to them a little bit, and it's just fun, and and uh, they they'd sit there and and their eyes were just like huge. I'm like yeah. I think it's pretty cool too, kid. <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here and I think it's pretty cool. And then Ryan Bortz would come around and start joking. He's like, don't you know you're talking to a famous YouTuber? He's like, that's Mike Morello. And then he'd go over and he'd be, he'd be ducking, laughing at me. And I'm duck. just like, I'm like, I'm like, you're six foot five, man. You can't hide. He ducks and he's the same height as me. Yeah, <laughs> it was so, he did that to me like three or four times. And as he's he like, should. yeah, oh, it was funny too. And, and, and you know what? It made me laugh and it made me smile. Everything that he was trying to do, he totally accomplished it by doing that to me. It was really fun. It was pretty cool. And I, I really, I'm always amazed at just how many people, you know, I don't know, maybe you feel this way. Maybe you feel this way. How many people recognize you and just walk up and want to talk to you? Like, people actually want to talk to me. It's, you know? I'm I like, why? <laughs> I'm not used to it. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I, don't get me I, wrong. It's amazing. It's, it's definitely you know, something I, different. I wish that I had more time to talk to people. You know, part of my responsibilities was just to, like you said, during your podcast, you know, document. Mm -hmm. You know, document everything that's going on, 
So we have the memory there. We can go back and look at it when we want to and go back and listen to it when we want to. That's kind of what I just want to transition into is something, you know, as you're transitioning in, in, in your life and your channel and guide service and everything like that, what are some of the things that uh, you feel like you're going to learn from or take with you that you've documented over the years doing YouTube? I don't know. I, I don't think I think about it that deeply per okay, se. Like, like I look at things as just like in the moment and what can I take away from something in the moment to get a little bit better in the future. Okay. And then that's, and you take a lot of notes. Uh, in some instances, uh, if, if I feel like they're beneficial or if I definitely need to remember them as a talking point or just to remember them to reconsider later on. Yeah, I guess the more I think about it, I take a lot of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, I have a, a, an app on my phone that I, I yeah. write down or put a lot of stuff in. Yeah. Now, is it all just fishing related or is there other things in there that you you know you notice and you write down I'm, I'm a pattern guy okay so like if i notice something youtube or social media related that um i, I notice a pattern there i document it in some way so i can revisit it later later along and then maybe replicate it and then and build off of later on you don't talk about youtube too much i just it's, noticed that yeah well, I, I didn't just notice it but the first time you were on my show, you, you made that comment like, yeah, I really don't pay attention to the numbers too much. Has that changed? Uh, you were on my show over a year ago, and now that you've seen substantial growth, um, or maybe you haven't because you don't pay attention to the numbers, has that changed? Do you look at YouTube analytics and things? Well, it's, it's not what you, you say. It's how you say it. And I guess maybe it's not that I've never looked at the numbers, but I don't make a big deal out of it. In Fair, my enough. Mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like if you get too high on something, you're going to get too low on something else. So I'm pretty happy. I find like as long as I just take things in stride and keep things even keel, I have a much happier life overall and just go with the flow. But it's I'm, good advice. I'm kind of addicted to getting better at whatever I can. And if something's go, going worse, I'm going to try to make it better. And if something's going better, I'm going to do something to try and make it another step up. And it doesn't always work that way. Right. But um, by identifying patterns of success and then replicating and building upon them, mm. I mean, it, it's treated me okay so far, but I just don't make a big deal out of it because it's just kind of the way I approach things. Tell us about your guide service. Oh, yeah. that, that I get excited. There you about. go. Let's talk yeah. about it. That's uh, that's been a dream of yours. It has you? been. So my two big dreams since I was a little kid was uh, one was to be a fishing guide and one was to go to the Amazon. And I was able to do both of them this year. Check, check. And uh, hopefully I get the chance to uh, go to the Amazon again. And hopefully I get the opportunity to continue being a fishing guide because I absolutely love it. And you talked about talking with people and your time and whatever. Like I became a fishing guide. Um, because I love being on the water, but I also just love meeting people and talking to people and getting to know people and, and, and being a fishing guide. I, I get to be on the water. I get to meet new people and get to know new people and, and have a good time and, and make sure they have a good time. And it's kind of been a little bit of a dream and people talk about like guide burnout and stuff and fingers crossed, like it might happen someday, but fortunately at this moment, I don't see it. And I hope I hope it always goes down that goes that way. 
You actually have a customer here. I do. That's been fishing with you. So what is it like to fish with Spencer Bauer Guide Service? Well, I... Or is it River Certified? Call which one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I never tried to look at it as if I was a customer and I was paying for something specific and that's specifically what I wanted. The way that I looked at it was I would like a, a better opportunity to, to hopefully catch some bigger fish. And that's how we approached it. Uh, we tried to we tried to figure out what gave us the best opportunity, and then we would take our swing. And I never realized from the beginning how that would how that would be for Spencer as a guide. I never I never thought that a guide would put as much pressure on themselves as I feel mm. they do. Now I, I'm saying I feel they do because of some of the things that we had talked about while we're out there. Some of the things that I'd heard on, uh, on on Spencer's River Certified podcast, and if you aren't listening to that, I'm going to tell you right now, it's fantastic. There's a jam up episode try. coming up. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. In, it's in the tube. Yeah, be out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, apparently, uh, some people believe there's rules for guides, and one of the rules is you do not catch the fish. The customer catches the fish, and I have to tell you, one of my goals had been hopefully we would get so much fishing action that Spencer would have to catch the fish. But you booked flathead and, trips, so we knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so that didn't happen. Um, it was it was a completely different experience, and, and we had several trips, several adventures. All of them were different. I learned from every single one of them. I don't know if, if people realize how much they can learn while fishing with anyone else. Much less a guide with with great experience. Yeah, I agree. And to me, that makes it worth every penny. If you happen to catch fish, or you know, if you happen to catch a PB fish or whatever, a different species, anything, I think that is just amazing icing on the top of the cake. I I know that it may have seemed like I invested a lot of money in this over the last year, but to me, I don't think that way. Yeah, I don't. I truthfully do not care about money. And if I want to do something, then I'll try to arrange it. I'll try to figure out how to accomplish it. I I wanted the experience. I had been watching his videos since the beginning. And it, at first it was almost surreal. It's like, it's like I'm living like that river certified experience. And then it, it's like, Hey, watch that rod. And I'm like, wait, I, I got to pay attention. <laughs> I was like, I can't just sit here as a viewer. I'm in it. And my sister's there and she's like, come on, you know, you're making us look bad. You know, pay attention, listen, focus. And I feel like your sister's really tough. And, no, it's Trish. She's tough awesome. as a male. No, I mean, so she's awesome. pretty tough. Like yeah, tough. She's like tough. she's a tough lady. Oh, there yeah, she is tough. right there. She's tough. Brother. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I am so happy that she had been more inspired to watch some of the fishing channels that I constantly spoke about. And then when that opportunity came up to fish, it, it seemed like every single time we went fishing, she's like, well, do, do I get to go with you? And I'm like, well, yes, I want you to come with me. I was like, I, I, I was like, 
two adults in the boat. That's the deal. And, and then, um, she too, you know, we wanted to recognize it as a team experience, an adventure, you know, if we catch fish, we catch fish. If we don't, we don't, because quite frankly, I can go fishing some days for eight hours and I might not catch anything because I'm doing it wrong. And, and I, so I wanted to learn different things. Typically in the past, I don't know, 40 ish years, I, I mainly just targeted carp. And then in the last couple of years, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to start targeting catfish because I was fairly decent at catching carp. And then I realized you probably aren't, you don't have to be a great fisherman to be fairly decent at catching carp. At least not but, in our area. Yeah. At not in some places, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt I tried several different things. And, and what really did it for me was I caught a 10 pound channel cat. And That's I was awesome. like, whoa, this is one angry, strong fish. Mm. That was a, a different sort of power. And then I started thinking about all the other times that I had been beaten by powerful fish, wondering what they are. And I'm like, well, they could be catfish. So let's work on this. Let's let's try this. It, it gave me a chance to buy some different gear and, and bulk up a little <laughs> bit and try to, you know, so that satisfies that addiction. And, and, and but it's a learning opportunity, too. Uh, so I really wanted that chance to learn. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say I don't know how to do something. I'm not afraid to say, wow, I didn't understand that at all. Now, I'm not afraid to embrace someone who's younger than me, who has that sort of knowledge. So uh, I felt like this is just this is just pure awesomeness. And then my sister, all of a sudden, she's just like, I want to start fishing more. Her kids are a little bit older. Everything's a little bit easier. And then she started watching these shows too. And she's like, this, you know, this, this is really fun. This is awesome. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do that. He always you goes know. deep, Tim. <laughs> so I, I got to tell you, um, I never thought of myself as a customer. Uh, I, I never once felt let down. Uh, I, I learned a lot. It, even the first night, we're, we're trying we're trying to catch some flatheads, and we knew that the weather probably wasn't right during the spawn. Yeah, it, it, we couldn't <laughs> have timed it worse. And and yet, when I talked when I talked with you, Spencer, I kind of had the feeling like even just trying to go out and chase a bunch of channel cats probably just wasn't going to be as much fun. Nope. I'm like, okay. There's a reason why I'm getting that vibe from him. I was like, so we need to talk this through. We need to go through the experience and just take a look. And I saw, you know, the first night we were out there, I saw that rod tip just gently go down. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what was that? You, you know, know what it was. And I'm like, I'm like, I think I know what that is. And then I was like, Girl, I was like you know. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Spencer, that rod kind of, and he's like, okay. And then we noticed it did just a little bit more and there was a nice little bullhead on there. Wasn't yep. there. Yep. And, and he's like, okay, Spencer's like, okay, that bait is now over there. Yep. And, and I knew at that moment, I was like, okay, we probably missed our one shot right there. And, but we took it and we left that night. I think we, we didn't we fish until midnight or 1245 something like or something that. in the morning. Yeah. We and and we knew right then. Trish was like, 
we have to do this again. I was like, oh, yes, we have to do this again. I was like, even the rod just moving like that, I was like, it's different. I got to know. I was like, I got to feel it. And so we had other experiences. I thought dragging for channel cats was fantastic. It's fun. It's fun. It's different. You know, like, especially being a flathead snob, to being able to switch it up and do something that feels less like hunting and more like fishing. And Channel Cats kind of fills that that niche, especially dragging for them on a reservoir. It's so polar opposite that it's a nice reprieve from the flathead hunting. I got caught looking at your your uh, screens on on the boat, and I'm like, Are those fish. And, and you're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, are there that many fish here? I was like, because first of all, we're fishing on the side of the, the reservoir that I don't fish a lot. And then I'm like, I'm on the wrong side. It's like, I've been here fishing here since I was three. My dad says, mm-hmm. I was like, and I've been on the wrong side, like 95% of the time, or well, is this just the time? The wrong side can be the right side when, when it's the right side. Yeah. So <laughs> it just depends. And, Logic. <laughs> and Lauren was like, what are we doing? Why does the boat keep moving? And I'm like, this is a way of fishing. She's like, so we're not going to fish on the bank? She's like, because this boat is cool, but I want to go faster. So Spencer. We went on a boat ride. <laughs> yeah, Spencer's like, sure, we can take a little boat ride. It's, you know, let's do this. And, and uh, you know, we're out and, and for several, several hours. And some of them are hotter than others. And sometimes you're in a little bit of sun and then you're not. You get under the top. Uh, and, uh and he taught her how to cast, how to cast the rod like a champ. And Lauren calls uh, Spencer the Spencer. Yes. So if you saw Trish put that in there, and thanks, Big Mike, for the uh, for the comment. He said all three of y'all are awesome. So thanks, nice. Big Mike. He's been a member for thirteen months. Yeah. So thanks, man. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I went a little Spencer. deep on that. I went. Little okay. left, little right, but hey, overall, I would say it's fishing, been an man. awesome experience. Um, I, I could never have asked for anything more. The last time we went fishing, uh, my sister caught a, a flathead, it was probably about 10 pounds. Lauren caught her first ever buffalo, which just she was pretty jacked about oh, that thing. She was pumped about that because it was a new species and. She didn't realize how how much of a fight a buffalo would put up. They're tougher nails. I was really hoping not to disrespect the buffalo. I was really hoping that it would be a different species. But then when I saw it and her reaction, then I I wasn't disappointed at all. Uh, I I threw a lure out there and something, you know, this buffalo just hammers this lure. And then she's upset. I'm like, no, get up here and fight this. And it was stripping, dragging moving her all over the I thought she was going to take a break because that was such a, a fight and then she also caught that drum remember yep. she she asked she asked Spencer to throw out didn't we catch like four one of the cat catfish and carp rods yeah and you're like okay but if I do this something big is going to hammer it it's just the smallest <laughs> rod we got <laughs> out there and sure enough when that thing hit oh my god Gosh, that rod! Big, said it big drum will fold the rod in half. Yep, it I'm, did. I, I'm not a huge fan of the small drum, but there's something special about a barn door. That's what I call yeah. them, big ones. They're barn doors, you know. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How big was that flathead you caught? 
19 or 20. Yeah. We rounded up chunky style. That's, just awesome. Because That's yeah. an awesome. We weren't, we weren't going to, we weren't going to try to, you know, do take too much time and weighing it in that. But I was just curious because I had no frame of reference. Sure. Sure. And that was wonderful experience. Um, so- a, a power like I hadn't felt I, in the past. I had said, oh, I think I've caught, you know, I think I, I, I hooked into three or four of them and then they mm-hmm. broke one, broke my hook, several yeah. broke my line, got me into snags. And, and now I know that's probably not what that was. Cause this was just a totally different feeling. And really? Um, yeah. I, I, I have to think that one of them may have been uh, a very big, very heavy carp or a Buffalo and then for sure one of them I'm thinking was a flathead because just the sheer power of it and it broke my hook. It broke my mustad hook. We'll do that. And no disrespect to any hook company, but if a fish will break your hook, that's a strong fish. Well, different yeah. different models are intended for different things too. So yeah. that that makes a difference. That's a whole different episode. Yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> hooks. The hooks. Yeah. the hooks that we fish. So talking about guide service obviously most of your youtube um channel is about bank fishing or kayak fishing but to to do the guide service you went all in on a boat mm-hmm. tell us about your boat another thing i know you're excited my about. dream boat your dream yeah. boat it's there's my... my dad what's up dad hey dad <laughs> tell us about palmetto this. dad <laughs> palmetto <laughs> Uh, my boat's my dream boat, and I've been dreaming about it for over a decade. Had all the the layout planned in my mind, um, the size, dimensions, propulsion, like everything was laid out in my mind. And uh, it's a a 2072 tunnel jet with an outboard, um, and it's a tiller, and that was with the intention of eliminating the council and making it completely wide open. So you can move around in the boat. You can have three or four people total in the boat and you don't feel like you're stepping over each other or walking around a council and and tripping over stuff. Um, There's no seat pedestals in it. I I can add one if if I want to, but I prefer not to because that keeps that floor space wide open. So if somebody's fighting the fish, there's literally nothing there that to trip over. You have all this wide open area, but it's 20 foot long. It's 72 inches wide on the floor. It's a tunnel jet. Um, but what that means is there's a rise in the bottom. It's not completely flat at the very back. It rises up. The jet foot sits in that tunnel above the bottom of the very boat. Hmm. So it sucks water in through there, shoots it out the back and you're able to, you have this 20 foot John boat that can go through that much water. That's nuts. It's pretty nuts. The only downfall is it loves gas. Loves <laughs> it gas. Loves it gas. Loves the gas. And, and it's a thick. It's a thick boy. Yes. Well, it, it is thick boy. It's got that thick aluminum hole, man, and it's heavy. So if you get it stuck, you feel like that it's the thick boy. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it, you know, wide open. It's a utility boat. You had to wait a while to get that boat. Oh man, we won't talk about that. No, it's a uh, all all yeah. boat boat manufacturers are a little behind now. Yep, yep. It, that that does give us an opportunity though to thank Sam. Oh, buddy, yes. for letting you, yes. letting you borrow that boat because our my first adventure was on Sam's boat. Yep, and okay. when when we would see it 
on the screen, Lauren would be like, you were in that boat. And I'm like, yes, because yes. you just have to tell her something. She'll remember it. So she's like, I I wasn't in that boat. I was like, I know. You got to go out in the new boat. She did. Yeah. And to elaborate on what he's talking about, my buddy Sam, who's he's been in some videos. He's great big giant dude. He's like 6'8". Uh, big beard most of the time. He's got a 2072 Aluma, Alumacraft, and he was nice enough to let me borrow it when uh, my boat was late so I could run guide trips out of that. And it wasn't ideal, but, um, but you it had was already, pretty dang close to You ideal. had already put yeah. the guide trips out there because you were planning on it. Mm -hmm. And, and I didn't of, want to. It kind of saved you. My, my plan was not to book a trip until I got my boat in mm -hmm. and I got antsy and pulled the trigger. And when I probably shouldn't have, but I had a buddy who bailed me out and I owe him a lot. Amen. Uh, so talk about, uh, aren't you guiding in Florida too? Yeah. January. Now, now, wait a second. So how do you go from Des Moines, Iowa Yeah. to a guide trip in Florida? I got good friends. Well, let's talk about it. I got, I used to be big in the beach shark fishing and that's actually where the whole kayak fishing came from. Really? The first time I ever hopped in a kayak, I was running shark baits out at midnight off South Padre. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just go. And, uh, and not to mention, you might just be the bait yourself. I survived. Yeah, yeah obviously. Survived. Um, but one of the guys I met doing that, he uh, and ended up doing a lot of fishing with him. He recently moved to Florida, Apalachicola area, and uh, is just built, wrapping up his home build right now. And he said uh, he, he'd be more than happy to accommodate me while I, I'm staying down there to run guide trips th this winter. Is that another dream? Because you could have just, just as easily just booked Midwestern ice guide fishing. trips, ice fishing, yeah. things like that. But So Florida guiding, is that another part of the dream? Or I, I don't know if that or you just didn't want to be cold. I didn't want to be cold as part of it. Um, <laughs> I like ice fishing. Um, I love it for about six trips. And then the fact that you have to haul all that gear out, it kind of starts to feel more like work a little mm -hmm. bit where when you're open water, you just go like it's more of a more efficient to fish open water and ice fishing requires more prep, more breakdown. Yeah. And, and um, we did a, we did a show together. Me, you, and, um, and Luke, and Luke yeah. about ice fishing and the, all the equipment you guys had to bring out there was just yeah. insane. Some of it's essential, like your spud bar and your ice picks and safety reasons, but uh, some of it's more of a comfort thing. And you can get by without it, but it, it, you, don't it, want to. you don't want to. And then hauling that stuff out does get old, but it's, it's not a boohoo thing for yeah. me per se, but it's just... I prefer to do this. I will have more fun doing this and I will be better at this. Mm. So, and, and I have a wife who's very accommodating of this. So Amen. I'm going to go do it. And I all, all the shout outs to our better halves. Yes. Who, yes. Who uh, sustain us and allow us to do things like this. Yep. I mean, my wife is in the hotel room right now and yeah, she's I'm here over, supporting you. I'm over here hanging out with dudes, yep. you know, but, uh, so, so that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in your podcast. Mm -hmm. Again, go check out River Certified Podcast. There's a banger episode coming up. Soon. Yes, but yep. uh, get yourself some merch. That's right. And, and you look it's, good uh, in this. actually, I was going to read that comment. Sunfish Assassin. My son wears a River Certified hoodie to school every day 
Only merchandise I ever paid for Christmas present last year. Spencer's the best. Kid wears your stuff every day. And I appreciate it. That's awesome. Where's that thing out? Uh, so I hate being cold. And we talked about this on your podcast. I'd rather be in shorts and flip-flops, sweating it out mm-hmm. on the lake or on the river, whatever. And, and I, I, I hate having to be cold putting on suits and layers. So is that kind of like the mentality? You just tired of being cold or I know you went into the whole ice fishing thing, but the heat had to have something to do with it. It becomes somewhat of an efficiency thing. I do enjoy just putting on a t-shirt and shorts and flip flops and just going outside. Whereas when it's cold, you have to prepare to go outside. (laughs) So you put your base layer, you put your regular clothes over your base layer, then you put, a sweatshirt on you might add another sweatshirt and you put your bibs on then you put your foot heat like your your toe warmers on then you slide your boots on and you then know, you gotta pee then you gotta pee <laughs> and i'm glad like that is one thing the advancement of cold weather clothing is impressive yeah like from what it used to be to what it is now the the lightweight stuff that can keep you really warm is super impressive and it's not like it's going to be tropical in the florida panhandle in january it'll be 50 to 60 degrees a little bit warmer than it is right here right now so i'm gonna to have to be prepared to be out there but it will be warmer and i won't be on ice and i'll be chasing blue cats so it won't, be, it won't be south florida no it'll be in the panhandle okay yeah. so yeah that does change things if you go further south there's no blue cats I didn't know that. Yep. Panhandle is the furthest south the Blue Cats go. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I just learned this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fun fact. So you're you're the new catfish expert so, now. So the southernmost say- from the northern, one of the northernmost to the southernmost. <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm getting down there a week ahead of time to uh, really, you know, put together some patterns and make sure people have them best possible experience that they can because that's the name of the game with guiding i enjoy like all these things i talked about that i enjoy that's the selfish aspect for me uh deep down i want people to have a great experience and and i mean that's what they're paying for so i want them to get out of it what they hope to get out of it when they decide they want to book a trip yeah we talked about that on your podcast too you know talking about the different kinds of people we encounter and I won't give that away, you know, make sure you go listen to that. We went really in depth about, you know, relationships and people and YouTube and how that all translates, live streams and everything. Uh, so we'll, you know, go check that out. And Pontoon Jody said, I'm on my best behavior <laughs> tonight. Well, thank you. We thank you for that. I think Spencer's trying to be on his best behavior. I, this is me on my best behavior this is on best Saturday behavior. right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, it's we're an hour in. We've we've all had long days. Spencer's had long drives. You went fishing yesterday. Yes, in the and, day before. And, and then the day before. And then you're going fishing awesome. in the morning. And then I'm gonna be up at four in the morning. I'm going again tomorrow. Awesome. How, what, what's your record for days fishing in a That's row? a good question. Do you happen to? You're, it's it's twenty something. Oh wow, nice. That I won't talk about. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a braggadocious yeah, individual. Yeah. Braggadocious. Uh, <laughs> But I won't brag about this if we're talking about streaks. Yeah, let's do it. I put 19 or 19 trips in a row. I put a flathead in the boat for guide trips. Wow. Yeah, I felt 
that that was something I was very proud of. Yeah. Yeah. I fished 20 some days in a row, went had a streak of 19 days in a row putting a flathead in the boat. And That's then, impressive. And then I blanked four in a row after that. <laughs> but, uh, but then we found him again, so it worked out okay. Well, if someone wants to book a guy trip with you, I believe I know the answer, but I'll, I'll hear you say it. How do they book a guy trip? Shoot me an email. That's the best way. And the reason I don't have like automatic bookings online is because I want to have a conversation either through email or phone call to hear exactly what that person so wants. So you make it really trip. personal. Yeah, I mean, it's a very personal trip. So I want that. That's rare. Is it? I don't know. That's rare. So the I've been on two guide trips in my life. One of them I didn't pay for a setup or anything. I was invited, uh, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. You, know, and, you know, like you, like Mike was saying, I learned we didn't catch a ton of fish. We caught three mm-hmm. blue cats, no monsters, but I had a fantastic time and I learned a lot mm-hmm. because it was on my home lake. And another guy, you know, I went with. It was like, like you said, you know, I. Went online, I booked it, uh, and he's like, oh, I saw you booked a trip, be here at X time, and just, you know, all you need to bring is what you want to drink and eat. Yeah. That was it. That's yeah. that's as personal as it got. Okay. And so when I got on the boat, we went out, had a good time, mm-hmm. you know, but we didn't, he didn't ask me those questions. Gotcha. So what, what type of questions do you ask uh, a prospective customer? First off is what do you want to catch? Because I offer trips for a variety of species. You know, you can, we do a flathead trip, we could do a channel cat trip, we could do just a generic catfish trip. Um, I do wiper, like hybrid striper trips. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is, I'll run a walleye trip, but I, just like flatheads, I can't guarantee a fish with flatheads just because how flatheads are. I had that streak, that good streak, but then I blank four times in a row and it's not like the fish have to help you too. Yeah. And, the nature of flathead fishing, they're tough fish to count on. Iowa walleyes are similar, and I'll, I will run trips for them, but I can't promise you it's going to be fire fishing. Um, but first, I ask what species you want to target. And then secondly, it's um, time of year. And then I'll recommend certain times of year based on the target species. And then uh, I want to know, do you want to do a daytime trip or a nighttime trip? Because certain speed and i might recommend one or the other based based on on the species based on the species or based on the time of year Hmm. like june is a wonderful time to catch flatheads day or night but then if we're talking august and you want to catch a big dog i would be like well we probably want to go at night and catch them during the day but your odds drop and then the odds of a big fish go up at night Uh, and then september at the end of september through october you want a big flathead we can probably want to do daytime like I feel like the odds drop at night as the temperatures mm. dip lower. Makes sense. So it just depends on what that person wants. And then I, I want to know who's coming along, like how many people. Um, so I know accommodations and I want to know if there's anything in particular that anybody needs. And then I want to give that individual an opportunity to ask me questions because I might have not covered everything they want to know. Mm-hmm. So they can ask me a question and I'd be glad to answer it. One thing that you didn't list in your questions, and it was something that I felt in in our first phone conversation, but our first adventure was like, I I felt it necessary to try to describe my fishing experience Mm -hmm. level. I'm sure you'd probably say that better, but I I, I felt like I had to let Spencer know, look, 
I know, I know what I'm doing. I, I understand rods and reels. I understand, you know, generically what we're going to try to do. But that being said, I haven't been in a boat like that. I, I do want us to, you know, you to explain to us where you want us to be, how you want us to do, mm -hmm. how, how the, how the game plan will go into effect when we do get the opportunity to hook a fish. Uh, and, and, and that's why I said earlier, it's like a team thing. Right. And I think that your streak of 19 in a row is, is amazing how you say it. And, and because you know, that was a shared experience mm -hmm. with all those people. It was. And the funny thing is you were part of one of the four blanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you know, uh, Trish and I always looked at it as if, if it's going to happen, we feel that as much as Spencer cares about providing that great experience and that great positive adventure, we would take that because we will take that blank and come back more determined mm -hmm. for the next opportunity and whatever that opportunity was. And, and, and the last opportunity that we took advantage of Spencer had returned from the Amazon. And I thought we were going to target different species. We never discussed flatheads. Mm -hmm. And then the day before, you know, Spencer texts me, Hey, you about ready? You know, what are you thinking? And, and, uh, you know, so we set up, you know, the time and this and that. And I was like, hey, so what do you think we're going to we're going to have a shot at? And he's like, oh, we're going to catch We're going to catch everything. You yep. know, we're going to catch channels and we're going to get flatheads. I'm like, really? In the middle of the day like that? And he's like, yep. And, and I told my sister and she was all jacked up for it. She's just like, if he's confident, I'm more confident. She's like, this is our moment. That's a good point. And we caught we caught bait. And we went to the first spot. Spencer set the boat up, and it was what within two minutes. Trish yeah, it was had a quick. Flat hit. It was quick. So even at that moment, I thought it was boom. That's it. That's all I wanted. It was amazing. And maybe three, four minutes later, Lauren's getting her butt kicked by that buffalo. Yo, yo. And I'm just like, I'm like, this is amazing. I was mm -hmm. like, how could I ever want anything better? And I, I have a little video from the first time we that we took Lauren fishing and I hadn't played it for you, but she's sister and she just says, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and she's, she's still, you know, Hey, give me those photos. Let me look at those photos. You know, show me the photos of the That's fish so that I about, caught with man. the Spencer. And, and uh, so it does mean that much to us, but I, I don't, I don't want to consider myself a customer. You know, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it that way yeah. at all. You know, that's too transactional because I, yeah. I have too much damn fun. I mean, yeah. sorry, dang. Yeah. <laughs> dang fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. On guide trips to to think of it as, as something that business related. Yeah. And the fact that it's been such a dream for me to get to do this just even adds more to it. Mm. You know, like I love being out there. So and know. he said he said that. So we yep. we talked before. During his podcast, in between these two shows, and now on this show, and uh, you know, it, Spencer probably more than both of us put together like must live on the water. Like you have to be out there. 
Well, if you want to be not being not being out there is like painful for you. It's a little painful. Yeah. Today was okay because I got to catch up on some sleep and it was being around fishing type. You got to at least be around and talk about fishing all day. Yeah. But honestly, that over time and not being able to fish makes it even worse. Yeah, I, I worked at itch. Yeah, I, get, I worked at Sportsman's Warehouse in college, and I thought that would be really cool. It just made me hate not being on the water even more. Yeah. So let's see. We got let's see if we got any questions before we wrap it up. He's right. It's about the relationship. Yeah. While Chad is quiet when Marillo speaks. <laughs> and then uh, sorry i ramble is spencer going to be in florida in march i mean i'm not currently planning on it uh my idea in my mind right now is i'll be there in the middle of january and then i will head to uh, louisville the end of february for catfish conference and head home after that uh if something changes some it's possible something's change would change but that's mm-hmm. my current plan in my mind Awesome. Uh, Andy Bait and Tackle said, I love the fact that Spencer talks so much uh, in his videos, and it's so random at times. It is random. (laughs) And that is a very good reflection of how my brain works, too. Very random. (laughs) I've told Spencer this before, but Lauren will literally watch the videos, and she will talk to him on the screen. So when he's talking back and forth uh, about – what's going on in the fishing she has literally had conversations in front of the tv and then she looks over to me and she's like how does he know how how, you know what i'm saying it's just i'm not i'm like hey i was like this is just pretty cool isn't it she's just like yeah she's like he'll get the fish he'll get that fish trust me he'll get that fish oh it's just been it's been so interesting to watch her through all this and and then she didn't even think that it was possible. She, she's but you're just like, to well, see your girl like she's grow like, up. She's like, man. wait. She's like, we can fish with him. I was like, yes, Lauren. I was like, but we need to be on good, good behavior, and we need to make sure we're getting our stuff done. We have to be nice to people, and you have to watch. You know, watch what you're doing. We're gonna have instructions in the boat and everything. <laughs> and oh man, rock, rock bottom cats gave us four ninety nine. Thank you, buddy. He said, good show, guys. Um, Hagen Groves popped and said, great job on your seminar, Spencer. Thanks, Hagen. So he must have been watching live. I appreciate it. Pontoon Jody, $5 for the flatties. Yeah. She loves catching them flat. She fishes Tennessee River. Uh, Spencer has one of the best fishing channels on YouTube. I think I'll agree with that. Making me blush a little bit. I think I'll agree with that. that. I think I'll agree with that. And uh, uh, I like how he said uh, fishing channels. He didn't say cat fishing channels. So that's. Spectrum. That's I dabble in a handful of things. <laughs> cats, are, cats are my favorite, but there's a handful of other ones that uh, get me excited. Yeah, <laughs> got right him there. I had to hammer it. Yep, he hammered out the yeah. hammer. I saw it. Did you see that? Over the hammer. I saw that, so I had to I had to do my job. Yeah, uh, Sunfish donated five dollars to give this one to Spencer. All right, we'll buy him a beer. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, you know, I got a flight tomorrow. Uh, Mike's got to take you to your flight tomorrow. Take me on a flight and then drive out. And Spencer's got to drive a couple hours to go fishing. I'll be up in five. 
Yeah. 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 So we're going to head out. Thanks for dropping by, everybody. We really appreciate it. Spencer's channel and his website are in the description. If you're not subscribed, you know, obviously you've seen the people in here talk about it. It's a great channel. Go check it out. And then uh, go support his channel. Go buy some merch. Uh, there's a piece of it right it. there. You look good in this. I'm telling you. Yeah. And then, of course, if you want to support uh, my channel and, and our podcast, go to shoppoundmetalcats.com and uh, buy you some. Look good in this. You look good in this too. Look at that. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. But yeah, uh, you know we've we've seen uh, Spencer's podcast gear, so we got some upgrading to do. Yeah, and, I uh, was very comfortable with that. I don't understand how any of it works. There was wires all over the place. I understand now why his buddies are. You know, have said a few things in the podcast about this or that. And, <laughs> and uh, it, it was a little intimidating. But. So Spencer's podcast is PG, but uh, uh, I wouldn't no. say that. R. Yeah. Yours was the one you were in was pretty PG. Yeah. It's every now and then there's a kind of there. flirts PG 13. Okay. So the only reason I say that is we got some kids that watching. You know, we're sending them over there. Just make yeah. sure that. You know, you listen to it first before you let your kids listen to it. Yeah, I, I, I do my it's best. Nothing, it's nothing terrible. I do my best to let people be themselves. Yeah. yeah. So if you think of I how agree an with adult that. conversation would go between adults, that is a reflection of how the podcasts sound. Um, imagine you're sitting on a riverbank hanging with your buddies shooting the breeze, um, waiting for a fish to bite, and that – that was the the vibe, the atmosphere I wanted with my podcast. Right on. So you think of that, and you and your buddies, um, whoever that may be, it, it's probably there's probably a lot of similarities between that and the podcast. That's a great podcast, though. Uh, Mike and I both listen to it, so go check it out. Um, you know, it doesn't have video, so it's on. Um, you can get it on Spotify, yeah. and, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Google, um, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah, you can also probably access it from your website, right? Nope. No, no, no links. If I, if I was smart, I'd do that. Yeah, well, I'll get to it. Get, get on that. I was yeah. going to ask you why you still had a picture of Denny on the front of your page too. Because he's a legend, but he picks Denny on you all the time. Awesome. Everybody picks on me all the time. You want me to take everybody's picture? Out? <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, you know, we always end with the prayers, so we're going to do that, and then we'll get out of here. Ellie Father, just thank you for an awesome weekend. Thank you for Mike and Spencer and all the great people that we're, we're able to meet this weekend. And uh, we just pray for everyone's safety as we take flights and drive to our destinations. And uh, we just give you all the credit for all of us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Uh, you want to tell them what to go catch? Hope you catch a giant. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you catch a giant and happy fishing, everybody. Bye.